Hello everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. It's your host Jaffa and once again I'm joined by Daud. Hello. Ali. Ari. And Khudama. Hello. And we are back to business because we are back in our recording studio for the first time in a very, very long time. You know, it's actually nice to see the lads' faces so I can actually laugh at them when they give me the bad opinions there on this one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, to be honest, and the technology when issues... When I get the quiz points right. Yeah, well, the quiz points, I've, I've got a question for you today, which oh, I'll come I've to. I've totally forgot about that. Yeah, it's an, it's an element that I haven't forgotten about. I can't um, remember who's in the lead. I, I think it's Kodama. I think everyone's got a question right except Dowd. No, Dowd got one no, right no, as well. Oh, got Dowd got the first, first one right. right. Oh, you got Teddy Sheridan with some, yeah, some yeah. crap like that. But yeah. yeah, I think Kodama's in the lead. I think, yeah, I've got two. Is it 2 1 1? Yeah. All right, let's see who takes today's. It's a very, very easy one. So I'd be very. It's, I think it's like fastest finger first type of answer. So, who did Pep Guardiola succeed as Barcelona manager? Right card. What was that? Right card. As Barcelona, no, I thought you said Bayern Munich, man. No, oh. Barcelona. Got to listen oh, to the question. Barcelona, I heard Barcelona. So Ali gets that right one. Right that Dutch guy spitting in people's hairs and whatnot. <laughs> That's how I remember that guy, the filthy animal. All right, Jack. Didn't he also talk to, to the ref? Like, that was one in the one Champions League game where he yeah, was like accused he, of... Uh, I think he did some flight like that, but... Yeah, he's I can't cra- remember. Was it against Arsenal, right, or something? I, don't, I, I can't remember. I remember the incident, but I can't remember which team it was. That was, like, back when I first started to be like conscious of football, like, 2008. Kind of yeah, yeah, that was know. it because that's yeah. when uh, Pep became manager. So that is the so we've got Ali as the winner for this week. Now, obviously, since the last time we recorded, because we had Ramadan as well, and uh, all of us observed that month, so it was a bit difficult for us to record during it as well. Um, the, the season's ended. It's actually the regular season's finished. Now we've only got yeah. one big match. How well, did you think it was fared for a final day of the season in terms of the previous years? I feel like. Going into the final day of the season as a Newcastle fan, where you're not worrying about relegation, it's all done and dusted. Give me more of those, man. Like uh, as much as the moments where you know you got players like Gutierrez saving your ass on the last day of the season, give you amazing memories. I much prefer going into the last day yeah. and not worrying. I like seeing the last day drama as a neutral. To be honest, there wasn't much drama this year because yeah, the Champions League places needed wrapping up, but that's that's nothing like a title contention on the last day or a relegation battle. It's just, and obviously not only that, but. <laughs> the teams that ended up in the Champions League is the same old. Leicester out again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but, well, they didn't bottle it really. It's just what you expect. You know, you expect Chelsea and Liverpool to get in there. You know, if people said the top four were Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, was anyone surprised? No, no, not at all. Yeah. That's the thing. And That's it. I no mean, one... on, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the stat about Leicester having been the team to spend the most time in the top four over the last two seasons. So yeah. let alone, like, alongside the title uh, winners of, you know, City and Liverpool the last two years literally the most team that's spent the most time in the top four and they haven't made Champions League twice that sounds like such a Spurs start that it does to be fair <laughs> you reckon like they'll be happy with their season even with the FA Cup like, Mate, if I was a Leicester fan right you've been promoted them, yeah. in 2014 and you've won the Premier League and an FA Cup since There's, I wouldn't want to ask for anything more in fact I would start feeling like the football gods have been too good to me like something bad's going to happen, I'm going to yeah, get relegated. Yeah, but with the context of, you know, spending so much time in the top four and then crashing out on the last day of the season twice, I don't know, man, I'd be pretty... It's upset. painful, but I can handle it, especially when you win a trophy. Like, if you think about it, right, making the Champions League is nice, but it doesn't really mean anything. Like, Arsenal spent years making the Champions League just to get slapped 10-2 on aggregate by Bayern Munich. Like, That's in the round 16. That's true. It doesn't really, like, it's... And for a club like Leicester, they've tasted it when they won the league as well, so it's not like they're missing out on something they haven't had. Um, so yeah, if I was a Leicester fan, I wouldn't be too like I'd obviously be upset for how like you let it slip right at the end. They shouldn't have lost to Bruce's Newcastle four two. Yeah, that, that was probably a, like uh, a turning point for them. That day made me happy, man. And yeah. to be fair, Leicester are probably 
Europa League level. Like you did actually back them to do more in the Europa League than Champions League anyway. So yeah, maybe it is for the best. Yeah, I mean, now, obviously the, the season's wrapped up and uh, the first sort of segment today we're going to get into was our combined team of the season. So we had a lot of um, debates and disagreements when we were making up this eleven, and we're, we're going to do it in a 4-3-3 formation. So we'll get right to it. Now, the goalkeeper that we chose, obviously the, there's some obvious names that we're going to go through, but our winner was Martinez from Aston Villa. Ali, can you tell us a little bit why you believe he's the keeper of the season? He won the FA Cup of Arsenal. He's not even there anymore. And also, um, he's I think top top five in clean sheets. You know, yeah, for, yeah. for for a team where Aston Villa were, you know, they 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 should be relegated. Let's be honest. You well, know, to bring him in. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. Mm, well, well v- VAR saved him. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, last yeah, season. Yeah. Nah, yeah. That was oh, no, but focusing more on this season, you know. Yeah, like but, but what I'm seeing is yeah. from where Aston Villa were to where Aston Villa are right now, oh, they've done amazing. If it wasn't for Martinez, man, we don't know where they could have oh, been. I think it's a collective effort with Aston Villa, though, in terms of praising how Nah, because when Grealish got injured, look where they went, man. Yeah, but, you know, but, start of the season. Martinez is not playing on the wing. No, he isn't, but he's keeping clean sheets, and that's what we're discussing right now. No, 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 I know. So what I'm trying to say is, is that... In his job, in his role, considering the back four that is in front of him, he's done a pretty good job. Considering Aston Villa are not a top four team, he's keeping clean sheets, keeping them in there. He, you know, he's 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 doing he's doing a good job, especially given his back background. That, that's what I was just about to say, dude. But okay, no, never never mind. All I'm seeing is uh, what Jaffa said was um, Aston Villa did it as a whole team, but no certain players saved their ass. That's what yeah. it is. No, fair enough. Of course, I mean there is obviously um, more to come with the Aston Villa team because they they make another presence in the, in our lineup. But we'll go next to our right back now. I feel like this year there wasn't like a standout candidate for the right back position. Like you know, for example, Kyle Walker is usually bombing up and down, or Trent Alexander Arnold's got like a hundred assists in a season. It wasn't that type of year where you had one guy that you knew was going to win it. So our selection for this one is, and I'm, I hope I don't mispronounce the surname, but Sofian Kufal or Sofal, which I sometimes Sofal. hear in match of the day. Yeah, so far. Like, you can't... I mean, I know that obviously West Ham have had a brilliant season, uh, you know, secured a Europa League spot, and uh, a lot of their sort of hype came around the Lingard loan, but Sufal's been doing it from day one, hasn't he? He's had an absolutely superb season, Kodama. Yeah, him and Suchek probably have been the two outright best performers for for West Ham. Um, you know, a lot of the... You know, when they made their big signings under Moyes, I think um, it was Haller that was expected to be you know, grabbing the headlines for them all the time and obviously he got shipped off to Ajax mid-season and didn't get registered for Europa League and we all know what happened there. But yeah, he's been absolutely uh, great. And like you say, the competition around him probably hasn't been as um, as, as competitive as, as it usually is. But I mean, Europa League, you know, a lot of people had them going down at the start of the season and he's a big part of that. So, I mean, yeah, I think clear favourite for the right-back yeah. position. For I mean, Daud, can you tell me in terms of so far, obviously he's our right-back of the season. But if you had to put your top three top three right backs in the Premier League in general before a ball is kicked, would he actually be in your top three? Who? Uh, Kofal, so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he would be. Uh, he's my yeah. So like even in before, a, before a ball is kicked, he's like a top three right back in the league. Oh, one hundred percent. Who's your other two? Trenton Walker. Uh, I'd rather have one Basaka. Of course, he's going to say he's a complete idiot. <laughs> Um, and then you know the guy doesn't make it to Walker, the provincial Eng- England squad, but you know, but Trent does, and you know, and Trent gets all his criticism and still does he, well. But you know, I, it's I all good. You know, it's only business, bro. Had, you know, he, he's had a really decent season this year, this year. If anything, um, wouldn't you want that type of player there to man mark and be a master about? tackler? Wan Bissaka. Wan Bissaka. 
Don't yeah. put too much of an emphasis yeah. on Wamba Saka because we're talking about so far. Sorry, Wamba Wanker, so, you mean? So far, okay, that's so far, fine. He's got seven know. assists. I've seen the way he plays. He's been very, very attacking. He's also seen Wamba Saka as well. So, do you want to take his opinion in consideration? Well, <laughs> uh, they're two di- completely different players uh, in a sense. Uh, Wamba Saka's uh, horrible at attacking. He's amazing at defending. Whereas Trent Alexander Arnold is great at attacking and is mediocre in defending. So, well, so he's, far he's, he's not terrible. Of like a, a more athletic version of like Zabaleta and a better cross. Sufal is what uh, Masuaku uh, was in his first season. Absolutely class. Great Bob dribbling. Down. Yeah. 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 Great dribbling. Honestly, sometimes I used to be thinking, bloody hell, why isn't this guy passed the ball off yet? But, you, you know, five times out of 10, 50% of the time, he used to actually have some form of end product. But because it was 50% of the time, he would lose the ball. And a lot of the times I've seen where a goal had uh, precipitated was because it started with his his uh, his mistake. So, Sufal has been that guy who's been very, very, um, you know, like he's been he's been very, very solid all season. Now, moving into the centre-back positions, the first choice, I think, is a unanimous choice by all of us and pretty much the entire football world that was uh, watching the Premier League this season. We didn't talk about left-backs. Ruben Diaz. We didn't say Robertson. We didn't talk about the left-back. Yeah, but I thought it, it would go left from front, right, uh, oh, right to, right. Right to left. You go right I back, centre-back, centre-back, left-back. When you said we were in the centre-backs, I assumed you did the full-backs first. So I was nah. like, all oh, right. Oh, no, no, that's not how it works, man. It always goes right back, centre back, centre back, left back. Well, yeah, but when you say moving into the centre back, it's weird, you know. It's all right, but we're all rusty here. It's all good. Do you eat your food and then brush your teeth? Yeah, it's like one of those things. What the heck? Can we talk about football, please? <laughs> all right. So, Ruben Diaz, very much. I mean, pretty much a potential player of the season contender as well. Never mind just in the team of the season. One hundred percent. I would say that his transformation of the Man City team has kind of been very similar to the Van Dijk uh, effect on Liverpool. Obviously, Van Dijk is the better player. That's the, I don't think anybody can argue against that. But Man City were shipping goals for fun last season. John Stones was a bit of a joke last season. And just having a dependable partner has also boosted John Stones' form. I think that's what... The, the best defenders, not only do they improve the team, but they improve the centre-back partner. The communication is there. The performance level is there. And Diaz, like, every time I'm watching him, he's got, like, the John Terry-esque type of blocking. Like, he's always uh, putting his body in the line of any shot that he's facing. Positional discipline spot on. And this uh, sort of Man City strategy this season where Pep is sort of like... Because Pep used to be all about like sort of dominating with attack. He's still possession-based, but there's a more cautious defending approach. And I think they've reaped the rewards for it this season. And I think Ruben Diaz has been a very key part of that. Yeah, I mean, he's done amazingly well to keep out Laporte. Do you know what I mean? Laporte's literally been a ghost for the last six months. Yeah. And that, that in itself is a massive achievement. Compared to, uh, considering how good Laporte was, he was like literally one of the best players in the league at the time. When you when he was playing regularly, um, so yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's like you said, he reminds us uh, reminds us of um, you know the great centre backs like Ramos, Chiellini, uh, Thiago Silva, like the ones that not just improve the defence but like get ele- elevate the entire level of the players around them, just shouting, organising the defence and money well spent. I mean, we all know how much Guardiola spent on defenders, but eventually you throw enough stuff at the wall, it <laughs> sticks, and he's fun- like they fun- they've got a world-class talent with Diaz yeah definitely I mean that I think yeah, like I said he's just a lock for everyone's player the uh, sorry team of the season now his centre-back partner we had a little bit more uh, trouble deciding him in the end we went with Thiago Silva I personally think that he's like for someone so experienced to come into England like towards what you'd consider the end of his career and Chelsea's defending this season for the most part has been really really good especially since yeah. Tuchel came in 
But even before Tuchel came in with Lampard, any sort of defensive acumen that you saw displays in that team, it used to come from Silva during that. Because Definitely. Because leadership rubbed off on the likes of Christensen and uh, Rudiger, who were much maligned in previous well, seasons. Zuma as well. Yeah, and Zuma as well. So, obviously, there's like, whenever a team brings in that sort of leader at the back, like a very old player, it's always going to be, uh, is he past the hill? Is he over the hill? Or is he going to contribute? And I think Silva's story shown he's still got it. Yeah, it's just his experience on the on the pitch that really shines. I mean, decision-making, knowing when to stay, when to go, shouting instructions. At the, the, I think he's already been made captain of Chelsea, isn't he? Or I don't know. Or or I don't agree with any of your opinions, but you know. Go on then, tell us who um, should be in his centre-back partner well, for Diaz. Well, it's, it's, it's not that more... Anytime I watch Thiago Silva, I always see him make errors. I'm thinking, if you want to put him in a, in a team of the season, does he deserve to be there over... Uh, Stones, you know, Sto- Stones was like he was non-existent basically, and yeah, um, Diaz did elevate his performances, and then the f- the fella from Leicester, what's his name? Fofana. Fofana, yeah. I uh, anytime I watched him, you know, uh, he he came from saying at at the end. So did Saliba. Saliba went to Arsenal, and what happened? Um, he's on loan, and Fofana is the one who's performing for Leicester, winning trophies. Yeah, but I think uh, Stones is definitely a shout, you know, for the team of the year. But it's like we said before, it's mostly Diaz that's helped him elevate his position. That I think in the few games that I saw where it was very few that where Diaz was out for a bit and Laporte came back into the squad. I think it was in the Champions League, wasn't it? Or somewhere where Stones made an error that led to a goal. Like he kind of had those blunders again as soon as Diaz was out of the team. Whereas Thiago Silva, I would say, is the reason for Chelsea's defensive solidity. You know, M- Mendy came in. Uh, the start of the season, like everyone was wondering, like is he that much of an upgrade on Kepa? And he's got second most clean sheets, and like yeah, you know, he's been immense. And I would say it was Thiago close was with him. Probably one of the main reasons for that. Mm. Although the system at Chelsea can be argued, like you know, the way yeah, I just he, I wasn't persuaded by his performances. Oh, fair that's, enough. That's it. It's just like you know, there's there can be people better there and I think they're all right now. Thiago Silva, like, obviously he's not prime prime when he was like three, four years ago, but he's done a job at Chelsea. What, what can I do? You know, if it's three against one. So. <laughs> now, one where it was um, another selection for the right, uh, left back position, sorry. Um, this one, again, I feel like same with the right back position, there wasn't like a stellar, incredible run of form or like some sort of like, you know, standout performances throughout the whole season where I thought, okay, this guy is the left back. But when we all thought about it, I don't think you can look past Andrew Robertson from Liverpool because, yes, Liverpool have had a, a patchy season. Obviously, they, they finished it incredibly strongly, but I don't know, Ali, you're the fan and you've watched most of their game, well, pretty much all of their games. <laughs> Would you say that Robertson is one of the players that didn't really let his performance level dip, even though the team did in, in general? The guy was always consistent, you know. Um, unlike the rest of the Liverpool team, which is, you know, just drop, drop down performances, um, he kept them up and he... He, he played all, all the games last season. You know, even though Simikas was brought in, Robertson was performing. You know, he was up and down the pitch. Um, obviously, confidence wasn't there. Uh, Robertson's a player who thrives the fans. Obviously, fans weren't there. What can you do? Like, you know, at the end of the day, you can't make excuses for the guy. But he performed. He's the best left back in, of the season, in my opinion. Dowd thinks it's Luke Shaw, but Luke Shaw just did the same amount as Robertson. And where's Luke Shaw been in the last couple of years? He's been hiding somewhere. Yeah, we're, um, talking about this we're talking about this season. Yeah, yeah, if, yeah. Uh, but yeah. but what I'm saying is, 
nothing convinced me what Luke Shaw is doing when Robinson's played so many games. Luke Shaw's literally had one of the best seasons for United. Well, my bollocks have had a better season than Luke Shaw. Shut up. Right? I'm trying to say he's had a, an amazing <laughs> season. Well, he's had a really, he's a, he's a, really he's, solid he's, season this year. standards, yeah, he's improved. Give, yeah. Us, the, give us the lowdown. Why do you think that Luke Shaw would have deserved to get in? Like, uh, is Manchester you know, United biased or something? He, I don't you, know. You had sent me some stats and I was thinking, okay, you know what? Stats, fair enough. But I've seen him play. I've and seen I, what he I, gives. I've, I've also he, he drives, seen he Robinson play. So the last time, the last time, Manchester United and Liverpool played a couple of weeks ago and I seen Luke Shaw make quite a few errors actually in that game didn't the much go to the third goal when Firmino scored led to uh, Fred misplacing the ball Luke Shaw losing the ball and Dean Henderson fluffing his yeah, lines actually that's, so, the, that's the third time we've made that mistake by the way so it's not the first time that United it's basically the, the system right, we're, that we're they're trying to point out Robertson's mistakes please this, I don't mind if you do you know I don't mind being wrong the, but well, you know it's a team mistake it's not day, Luke Shaw's mistake well, well, well Luke Shaw did contribute to that but you know um, at the end of the day Robertson's better than Luke Shaw and I, I he's going to go to Euros he's going to perform for Scotland probably do crap because Scotland's just a shy team anyways he's going to come back in a pre-season probably wrecked and he's going to go another 50 games on the run I don't know what Luke Shaw's going to do don't know if he can bring Tennis or spend like 50 million quid on another defender so let's not discuss this let's move to the midfield I mean I, I, no point talking I thought Regulon especially Regulon first season Mate, do you not see his own goal right where it was like so, a carousel there. Mate, so, on, so if you make like, a mistake in the season, like deluded that's it. Dowd, you're, you're get his hashtag guys. Yeah, I'm not deluded gonna lie. That goal is, is is not enough for me to discredit yeah. Regulon. Yeah, you oh. you yeah you do one mistake, you're written off in Ali's no, book. No, Regulon did. Uh, no, but I'm no, genuinely he didn't like, perform though. He, he was high because Ali, Ali, I remember Allison. Is Allison written off in your books because he no, made a massive blunder trying to dribble out the ball? I think Allison scored more goals than Luke Shaw something this season. I don't know, but you know, but at the end of the day. No other left back. You, you know, you can you can make a decision right here, right now. Just say, uh, is Allison in your books a crappy uh, goalkeeper because he's made a mistake? No, but he didn't make this team this season because he's under underachieved. So what do you want me to say? No, but I think Dodd's point is, you know, in the context of a team of the season, you look at all thirty-eight games. Yeah, but your mistake is not enough to exclude him from. That's from that. not the point. No, I'm also going to make other points. Why did Manchester United not sign them when they brought in Tellers? There must have been something there. Why what? is that? Sergio Regular? Yeah. Manchester United were in for him, but Jose Mourinho bought him. And then Jose Mourinho brought his confidence. I'm not sure that point has got anything to do with the team. I, d- I don't, I don't, um, think, I, I don't I, think he's yeah. a good fullback. I don't think he's done well this season. I think, I think he deluded me. I'm just I'm just think, I'm you know, we're talking about who's performed really well. Who who would yeah, you rather have in their right back? Go position? back to the Luke show and just give As us the reason back you back. think he should have been in the team. That's that's what I'm more interested in here. Why I think because he genuinely this time uh, this season he brought it to a new level with in terms of being solid in the back, um driving the ball forward. He had so much link up play on the wings, it was crazy. I never seen him his heat map must have been more on the like opposition side than his than our own half. He was he was that good. Uh, he I just it just felt like he was actually wanting to um you know take the brunt of what what needed to be done on that. You know on what that, I think? It feels uh, like it feels like you finally got a performance out of him that you expected when you signed him. When and we that, signed that, him, and that yes. seems like it's enough for you to be in the team. But I just think that he's had a good season. I don't necessarily think that. His level has elevated beyond what Robertson can offer in the in, in the holes in performances in the season as well. I I'd say that yeah, that's very fair. Uh, yeah. I I'd say that's very fair. But then I'd say what Regulon brought 
uh, to Spurs, especially in the first half of the season, I thought. But I feel, it feels like a regular one petered out. Like he had a good start. Oh yeah, everyone was like saying. Oh, what a yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's a hard one. Yeah. And but I, I feel like Regulon as well. Shout. His decline in over the season is a reflection of Tottenham's decline over the season as well. It's not like him on his own. That entire team's been playing terribly, mm. and obviously the memes have been sort of writing themselves. Still a great finish though. Oh, the own goal. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, up there with Virginies for Sunderland. Uh, YouTube that one if you're if you're listening. Now, we'll get into the midfield three. And I'll start by the player who scored absolute beautiful winner in the FA Cup, Yuri Tielemans for Leicester. Now, this guy's been one of those that you get hyped on FM when you're 16, 17, when he was at Anderlecht. And it's safe to say so many years later, I think he's definitely one of the best midfielders in the Premier League. Obviously, I believe he definitely deserves a selection in our team. But do you think that there's more to come from Kodem this player? Yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned football manager. I think he's one of the most notorious wonder kids to ever be on that game. Yeah. Like from when he was uh, at Anderlecht, who would go on to win Ballon d'Ors and that kind of stuff. I don't think he'll end up doing that in real life. I think he'll end up being, you know, a really solid midfielder in the Premier League. Like, like you say, I, I, just, I don't think he's got that, like that magic quality about him that you know those types of midfielders need. Those creative midfielders. He can score a goal, he can pick out a pass, but he just lacks the consistency to be mm. in the same bracket as the elite uh, midfielders in the Premier League. Do you think he would start in the Liverpool midfield, though? No, he wouldn't. Um, that's because Klopp has certain players which will want to fit a system. Uh, I don't think... We... No, but on talent? On, on talent, yeah. Yeah. On talent, yeah, then that for sure. But Klopp's system is very very strange and unique he doesn't believe in a number 10 mm. and there's some crazy things he believes and if it's on talent yeah he'd get in he'd get yeah. in most first 11s let's be honest yeah. now another talent in maximum would get into any team but yeah <laughs> man like keegan like man yuri Tielemans. he's a what he's a he's not who keegan is from eastenders keegan yeah no. look, let me get a picture from i'm missing eastenders right now it looks like yuri Tielemans. it's <laughs> <laughs> more like uh greenwood to me that guy no, no, he doesn't. He looks like Yuri Tielemans. Now, another player, um, you know, the second midfielder we've got, and he's had a really, really good season, is Ilkay Gundogan. Now, Man City always seem to have this player that just sort of has a purple patch uh, in the season beyond their world-class talent. And he is a very good player, but Sterling's had a drop-off, but it feels like the goals that Sterling would have provided was just picked up by Gundogan anyways. Like, this team is ridiculous. One guy is having a bad time. The other guy will that's what you get when you buy loads of superstars. Yeah. <laughs> you get you get all of them, like, uh, randoms. Huh? Is Gundogan a superstar? Oh, 100% he? he's a What do you mean a superstar? Like, like he's not Cristiano Ronaldo, that's a superstar. Yeah, I don't really... Gundogan's a quality player. I would say he's a legend uh, alongside Messi and then becoming superstar. I would Ronaldo? put him alongside where Lewandowski and... So you're putting Gundogan on the same level as your Mbappe's name? Nah, Haaland, you don't Neymar. put him there, man. Really? Like... Like I'll be honest I mean, with you, Mbappe is not. Uh, Mbappe is uh, not that, that consistent. I don't think even not that consistent. On that level, to be oh, I think Gundogan he's, has he's always been. Huh? Yeah, he's a fantastic player. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gundogan has always been yeah, consistent. He's, he's, he just never gets the game time that he needs because all the other superstars yeah. or sometimes you know, have a purple players. Pack. I don't think he belongs in that discussion. I think it's only like three or four players that belong in that discussion anyway. To be honest. Well, okay, sorry. Maybe my definition of superstar is different. Let's say world class players. No, but back to the. He's always been world class. Okay, but back to the. You know, team team of the season discussion. I think like Gundogan has, it's just an incredible that run of form he had, where he would pretty much score every game. And that game against Tottenham, where he sat Sanchez down with that long <laughs> ball from Edison. Honestly, I thought he'd go on to win like uh, the Golden Boot at that rate. But to be fair, how much is how much are players like that elevated by the system Pep Guardiola plays though? I mean, midfield is always shining his system. Like, remember Bernardo Silva a couple of seasons ago, De Bruyne all the time. They're Just all having like their turns, man. They're all ha- having their turns. Yeah, yeah, it'll be Ferran Torres next. 
Yeah, <laughs> trust me, it will. Yeah, I mean, there's always that one midfielder in Manchester City that always seems to just. It just clicks for us. He, yeah. Like it, it just clicks one season. It's almost like there's a world-class manager called Pep Guardiola. Who knows what he's doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the last selection for this midfield three, and we had a debate whether he actually belongs as a midfielder or a winger, and we'll let the listeners sort of decide what they think. But we got put Mason Mount of Chelsea. Now whether you put him in a midfield three or a like a, a t- an upfront, you know, top three, you can't deny that he belongs in that team. He's been absolutely fantastic. I, know, I, I think he's it. just kicked on from strength to strength ever since the loan spell with Derby and the Lampard. And I feel like he was harshly judged as like, you know, the whole memes about Lampard so you only in the team because of Lampard. And I want him in the team this season. I judge him at the start of the season. Yeah. So, you know, I can be wrong and I don't mind admitting to that. Uh, when I watch Chelsea play, he's always looking for forward balls and he's always looking to score goals as well. He's also a lot more sharper around the edge of the box than I thought. Like, he, he yeah. really takes on players very well and he's got a decent finish on him. Yeah. No, he is quality and, he, and he's young and he's hungry. And obviously, this is not, no, no like, discredit what. Fernandez or De Bruyne have done. They've been quality as well. But I just think from what Mason Mount is doing for Chelsea, is is it better than what Bruno's doing? Um, I don't know. A lot of Bruno's goals came from penalties. Bruno plays forward balls. He's a quality player. What about his I assist, though? His assist? No, that's what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with Bruno. I just don't think that he deserves to be in there. Like, there's nothing wrong what he's doing. But with... Chelsea spending two hundred million quid, and it's it's a player from the academy since nine years old doing it for Chelsea. I, that's that's kind of impressive to me. Yeah, I think one of the most impressive things about Mount as well is not just his ability on the pitch; it's his leadership as well. Like he's always the guy that looks like like wants to get on the ball. Like he doesn't shy away, and you know Chelsea, you know they had a lot of expectations on them coming into the season with the amount of money they spent compared to everyone else. You know in this COVID market and. and yeah, like you say, he's been their talisman, um, particularly like in in games uh, in the Champions League, that, like against Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid. Like I just always saw him wanting the ball, wanting you know the responsibility, yeah. and for me, like that's what impressed me. I mean, most he's shown up the, the big money signings, hasn't he? Like Timo Werner and uh, Havertz and, and Ziyech. Yeah. Yeah. He's been better than all as well. Pulisic yeah. as well, who hasn't kicked on half as much as he did towards you know, the end. Now kid from the academy is doing so it. I think it's it's a, I'm just surprised KDB is not in it. Well, for his standards, though, is like he he set his standards so high, it's dropped off. It's, it's like, not all just about stats, though. For for KDB, he genuinely this season has been like possessed. That that's how much he wants to win. Like I've genuinely watched him, and I've, I haven't seen him this uh, emotionally driven in games in the Champions League. Oof, like the the guy was just like playing on a different playing like uh, plateau to to everybody else. Yeah, I mean, De Bru- Mount is like De Bruyne in that sense. De Bruyne is never shy from, you know, a challenge in the big games. He's the guy that, like, you know, in the recent years when Man City always crashed out embarrassingly, he'd be the only one that could leave the pitch with his head held high. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of your team, uh, combined team of the season. You're always going to get disagreements. And I think a lot of people listening will be thinking, you know, who's putting Tielemans and Gundogan in there over De Bruyne? Like, that makes no sense. So, yeah, that's what I mean, fair enough. I, I can actually definitely, um, you know, sort of listen to that argument that now, we'll get into our front three. And I think this selection, you might disagree with one player, but not the other two. Because Mo Salah and Harry Kane are absolute top two in terms of the forwards of the season, aren't they? Not just in goals scored, but when their teams are struggling, they carry them teams, don't they? Like that, That's how good they are. Yeah, pretty much. If you if you, if you look at what Salah ha- had to do, he had to come for Mane and Firmino. They, they were hiding. They went back to Senegal and Brazil by the looks of it. <laughs> and it's... It's it's the same for Spurs and Harry Kane. 
Harry Kane's probably going to leave and, you know, don't know where the heck he's going to go. I want him to go PSG. I don't want him breaking out and share his record since, you know, I'm from Newcastle. I'm not a Newcastle fan, you know, uh, Red Judas, as they say. So, <laughs> um, I, I want Newcastle to have something so they can have that. Uh, like you say, top two goal scorers, they've both been providing assists and they've took the games to the next level. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone else can argue against that, really. No, I mean, Harry Kane's been carrying Spurs for how long now? Like, you know, I think he's probably at a breaking point in terms of... Like the last know, two or one. three years, it's just been him, really. Yeah. And, and Son, him I suppose. And Son, yeah. Did you see that hug with him and Dele Alli at the end? It was a long hug, man. That was a yeah, farewell hug. Kane, Kane's going to go. and let, But, they, like, Le- Levy is a difficult negotiator, so we don't know how it's going to... But his intention is definitely to leave. There's I no can't see him leaving. Um, not because he doesn't want to. I just can't see anyone paying the money needed to, to get him out of there. I mean, he did that interview with Gary Neville at Sky Sports, you know, where he's just basically, you know, in FM when you see those headlines coming, like player in, in come and get me plea to. I could to, I could see Chelsea or PSG going for him. Uh, Man United have renewed Cavani's contract, and you got Greenwood there. Uh, with Man City, you don't spend over hundred million pounds really, do they? Let's be yeah. honest on a the player. They might though. I think, you know, if to replace Aguero. Yeah, and I reckon if they if they don't end up winning the Champions League um, on Saturday. I reckon that'll be maybe, you know, Guardiola's going to be like, look, what we lack is... It's a scary thought. Yeah. yeah. I think if he does end up going to City, that's it for the next uh, two years. Like, yeah. no one's challenging that team oh, for, for sure. the title. Now, there is another player in that selection of the three. And for me, I would say that he's probably had, like, one of the most enjoyable runs of form in the very first part of the season, which is Jacques Grealish. Like, Aston Villa, as we mentioned earlier, could have been relegated in the previous season. And they've kicked on. Yes, the Emilio Martinez signing was a massive part of that. But the performances of Jack Grealish, I honestly think that he could get into every single team in the league. That guy tore Liverpool apart. Tore yeah. a new one. Yeah, in the, the famous 7-2 game. And yeah. Not just that, though. It's just... When you, when you watch Grealish, everything he does is productive. The dribbling is getting past someone. The passes are finding someone. His shot taking is decent enough. I'm, I'm not going to say he's the most clinical player in the league. But he's, he's he carries such an attacking threat that people are like... You know, like man marking the guy during games, trying to frustrate him, hack him down. It's a shame that he got injured because I think he was really on his way to like an incredible season. Uh, obviously, still <laughs> well enough to get into the team of the season, but I honestly think he's probably been the, like the sort of the, not necessarily player of the season, but the standout player for sort of what you expected from before the season. You know that the, the likes of De Bruyne and Salah are going to be class. Yeah. But Grealish kicked it up another level, didn't he? Yeah, he reminds me a bit, I don't know if you guys agree, of uh, a prime Eden Hazard at Chelsea where he gets that ball on the left wing and he likes to hold on to it a bit, draw defenders in, create like the opening for his teammates and you know he's he's more than capable of dribbling past the play if he needs to, but at the same time he can find that killer pass. He's just a, a joy to watch. One of those players, like, you know, being a Newcastle fan, you've got the you know, say Maximum on the wing. There's sometimes in a game where you just want to see a player do great things on the ball, like and you kinda of forget the the score in the in the table. And the opposition in front of you, and it's just, it, it's just, it reminds you why the sport is, you know, why you fell in love with it in the first place. Just seeing someone having, having fun on the ball. Yeah, really, definitely. Just in that in that caliber. We talked about a possibility of Kane leaving, but can anyone see Greedish leaving? Can anyone see like anyone paying the money for him? Nah, didn't he renew his contract just? Yeah, he last renewed his contract like, just before they got. Do you think it's going to be like a Mr. Aston Villa type, where it's just like he's always going to be with our club? Yeah, local lad. I, I can't see him leaving. And if it, if if a club comes in, it'll need to be probably start with the two, the the money needed to draw him away. But I did want to ask uh, Ali about what what's these rumors about Salah not uh, renewing his contract? He might be leaving as well. 
Yeah, they, that seems crazy to me. Like, yeah, he's but, been Liverpool's best player. How can he? How can yeah, they not like renew his contract? Well, he might want something different. He's won everything, hasn't he? He's won. No, but apparently the club haven't even offered him a new contract. Is that like from what I've read? I don't know. No, I've I've seen, I've seen stuff that they've offered him. He just hasn't signed it. He might want a new adventure. He might want to go to PSG. You, you know, if Mbappe leaves to go somewhere else, you know, could he go to Real Madrid to replace yeah, Hazard and Bale? Yeah, I think Real Madrid should be all over that. So, you know, it, it depends. And, you know, Perez is a scumbag. You know, um, <laughs> don't know what he wants to play with his Super League bollocks. But, you know, um, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, personally, I think Klopp can persuade Salah for one more season and probably have to cash, on, cash in on him. Yeah, I mean, it would be a shame to see him go. He's, he's such a fun... Fun player in the Premier League, like proper direct. Reminds me of a, like a messy light, the way he dribbles. And, you know, shout out that goal he scored against West Ham, where he takes that touch with his right oh, foot. Oh, yeah. Left foot. What an absolute <laughs> class goal, man. And, uh, yeah. All right, so that's our team of the season all wrapped up. Obviously, lots of disagreements there. We never get, when you, you know, when you choose between teammates, you're never going to get to the, the unanimous choice. Uh, there's a, of course this is a bit of like an you know, end of season awards podcast so we'll stick with some other sort of choices and, and see what people go for what did everyone sort of think was the goal of the season Lamella's a Rabona I don't know how uh, anyone could pick anything different to be honest I mean to be honest with you I'm not so that, that Rabona is okay I've done Rabona's better than that. You know, you know well, what you an actual Rabona, a good Rabona is. Have you not met a player in the local derby of a Premier League match while he did the Rabona? But I'll tell you what, I not met uh, James Tavernier's brother who plays for Middlesbrough yesterday. Oh, name <laughs> dropping. All right, name dropping. Um, Isn't his name Marcus Tavernier? Put some, put, put his actual name in there. I don't know, he's, he's just got big boots. That's all I remember because I was looking at his legs when I put the ball through him. But yeah... Uh, so uh, what I'm trying to say is, as a seasoned veteran of R- Rabona's, <clears throat> so uh, oh, I've God. I've uh, I've seen other players do Rabona's, um, uh, you know, who can lift the ball up, who can uh, you know curl the ball. His was a bit, it was a bit lucky. Makes, he makes a play with the Rabona and it, it a bit, bends into the bottom of the it net. It was a bit like lucky. Up. It was a bit lucky. So which goal do you choose? Well, I'm trying to say. I know. I'm I'm saying. Because there's not many good goals this year that I thought. What? Cavani's was all right. Dwight McNeil was all right. Every week. Sebastian Haller, only because how um, Carroll had done a, another overhead kick the year before. They're the ones that really shine out at me. Um, but out of all of them, honestly, yeah, I would say the Robona. But I, literally just spent. Ge- ge- genuinely saying though, that that Rabona is not as good as the other Rabonas. Have you got a different choice? I mean, it's not even his yeah, best Rabona. Like it's yeah, not it's not even, even his best Rabona. Yeah. He's got a better one in the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, he did. But right. for me, it's still the Rabona. Right, Allison's header. Allison, yeah. I mean, you have to put it in there. Uh, they, they, they wouldn't get a Champions League if it wasn't for, for that for that goal. Let's Actually, I heard that. I read that if you had drawn that game, you still would have made it. Yeah, no. Yeah, so but that header was pointless, yeah, by the way. Yeah, but you, you couldn't you yeah, could predict it out. It's momentum. Now. It's momentum. I don't remember it. It's, you know, nah, it's not momentum. I think it's, de- it's definitely momentum. It's a dead header, that. I'm not going to lie. Obviously, like, the, the best part about the header, like, everyone loves it when the keeper scores, right? Yeah. But that header was class. Like, it was a great header. The on the header was it, amazing. It was a class header, but I feel like you're giving it a goal of the season no, based it's on just the narrative, because, though. It's just because his dad passed away. And yeah. then that was an important game. You need to remember. It was it was a 90th minute. No, but I think and you've got to be careful. When you assess goal of the season, I believe it should be about technique, not yeah, narrative. Okay, not about the narrative. Lanzini yeah. against Spurs. Oh. Well, I mean, the narrative, but then, you know, is uh, Tio is 4-4. 
that goal. narrative and the the goal. Yeah, of, but that it wasn't that goal, didn't of win goal of the season. Like, it was moment of the season. For moment. Me okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna say that moment of the season. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Allison's is moment of the season. When a keeper scores, it's beautiful. Lanzini's goal against Spurs. Yeah, that's a good shot. Because that destroyed Mourinho, man. That cunt. Yeah. <laughs> but you see a screamer like that once a season. Yeah. Like, I feel like Lamella's Rabona is just never going to happen again. In a just, no that's how I feel about Alison Terry, though. Yeah. Well, when yeah, does that happen? You will see a header like that. You see Rabona more than you see a header by goalie. You see a header like that every week on match of the day. And the narrative oh, makes yeah. it. By goalie. Sorry, the header by Ellison. No, yeah. but like a head, like the technique of the header by a yeah, player. Yeah, but, but what makes it special, it's a goalkeeper doing it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's yeah. the narrative that you're yeah, making. No, like you're elevating the level yeah, of the goal. Yeah, but I've added it all together, you see. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I'm saying it's still a good goal, by the way. It's yeah. a great header, yeah. but at yeah, the same time. Yeah, but nobody time, can do that type of shot all the time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just feel like, you know, goal of the season, like Josh said, it's just about technique, the football. So, yeah, I mean, who can argue forever on this one, I think, because Ali obviously loves that goal. Um, the next things I want to talk about is the signings of the season, giving us both your best and worst one. So we'll start with best, and we'll start with Ali. Best signing of the season, man. Even think of best signing. I think the worst signing. I'll start with worst signing, Brewster. Oh, Brewster. Rian Brewster. Oh, I thought. Okay. Uh, thanks for just changing the order of what we're going to go through. By the way, but yeah, <laughs> let's go. We'll, we'll, st- we'll stick with worst since Ali's decided to, to do that. Yeah, th- come on. Liverpool have fleeced Sheffield United there. <laughs> yeah. Bro, this guy, his, his most notable moment in, the, in his career is uh, going to the Barbers with the Champions League medal around his neck. <laughs> Looking like, like a right dickhead. pretty good at doing stuff like this, you know. He looks like a what's right a, What's the other winger uh, who plays Jordan for Ibe. Bournemouth? Jordan Ibe. Yeah. And then uh, Dominic Solanke. Solanke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are Liverpool doing? No, but I, I'll tell you something about Brewster. He is actually a good player. He's just not a Premier League player. Uh, the season before when he was playing for Swansea on loan, he did actually score quite a few goals. And yeah, the, the yeah, dro- yeah. Well, the yeah. drop down to the championship has benefited Solanke because he's had an okay season with Bournemouth. Yeah. So, so it could be the same thing. There we go. But, you know, 20, 24 billion quid on that filthy he's still angle. Like 20? Yeah, he's, he's 2021. 20, he's, I think he's some age agreement. Do you guys think I'm being harsh if I nominate Timo Werner for worst signing of the season? Because nah. he's contributed in, in patches and he's, he's scored some goals, but the outlay that Chelsea paid for him and his performance levels, he's, he's got such you a got, painful way yeah. about watching oh him. Oh, my sometimes. God. Very painful to watch this yeah. season. Plus, Chelsea fans harsh. were bragging about that. Yeah. Chelsea fans were, you know, jacking each other off. He's, oh, Liverpool, you haven't got this play. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. We're still finished above you, you cuds. <laughs> I don't think it's harsh to say he's, he could be the worst signing this season. I just think... Six he, goals. Come on, six it's, goals. It's, no, but like, it's you terrible. know what it is? It's terrible, but I genuinely I would think cringe. Brewster's, Brewster's is on another level, man. Like, they got fleeced. Yeah, but who the fuck is Ryan Brewster? Let's be honest. Yeah, Timo Werner kicked... No, but Kiel if I was something. Timo Werner and looked at the season and looked at his misses, oof, man, I would cringe yeah, oh, internally, man. Shots, like, man. I, I, would, I would go into yeah, that. He's had a bit of a Hesky highlight reel. Like, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's as bad yeah. as I can talk. He's been Hesky. United ended up like, getting relegated embarrassingly, like one of the worst teams the Premier League But he's still good seen. for the team, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Because Hesky, even though he had moments, he was still a solid player for the team. He was no, Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Man, Shrek uh, was quality, man. Uh, yeah, he was, he was great at linking up. Is one of his major, uh, main things when he got his England call up was purely because he, he was great at linking up play, especially Michael Owen. Yeah, no, I, I can see I can see Werner being worst player of the season. Yeah, actually, he's the Hesky. Have you he's the Wesky. Any other names other than Brewster or Werner that jump out for anyone? <laughs> no, I think Brewster's that shit. <laughs> like, it's just they, it can't be anyone else. Man. Honestly, Sheffield United got absolutely they got fleeced so badly, right. man. Like I feel uh, like they should be. Uh, taking it to small claims courts or something, man. Like they can't. Oh, that's twenty-four million. It's not yeah, small claims. Like robbery by Liverpool. That man. That's it. All right. I'm what about? Uh, we'll talk about the positive contributors of the season. The best signings. It's a bit boring because it's Diaz, isn't it? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not like he was okay, a bargain. second best. I always like to find a bargain for best signing of the season. That's a different top. That's a different award, though. Yeah. I think Jota, because no one was expecting him to. Uh, I don't know about breaking that. Our team, though. I think he was good, but he was good. We got injured. The that's the issue. But you talk about you talk about signing the season. He did help Liverpool. You know, when Firmino wasn't scoring goals, the manager wasn't scoring goals. Jota was, but then he got injured because mm. Klopp Will- played him in the I thought Willick for, for Newcastle was all right. right. As a, uh, for how much he spent. So are we going to consider loans from January in this discussion? Because I think Lingard and Willick are sort of like in their own. I, I put yeah, Willick in there if that's the case. Yeah. If, if we include loans, Willick. Yeah, I mean, Suchek signed this season. Suchek. I think on permanent. I, be, I believe he was on loan and then permanently signed. I think he is permanent. Does that yeah. count? Like that. Yeah, yeah, of course it counts. Yeah, if you t- convert it to a permanent deal. Because he, he's you're definitely in the discussion as well. He's been Joe Willick, man. Yeah, seven I mean, goal, if we're going to count January loans. like, hasn't it? Yeah, I've, Willock is just one of those players that, like, uh, the Steve Bruce lack of tactical nous has benefited him because all he's, <laughs> he literally said to him, oh, uh, just go run around and try and score. Like, that was one of his tactical instructions <laughs> when he put him up from the bench. And it seems wow. like it's a pretty decent instruction. Seven goals and seven some, some players, you just tell them, you, they, they thrive under that, don't they? Yeah. They're so good. It's like Bruno Fernandes, he'll play a centre-back, he'll play as a striker. Because Willick has some weaknesses in terms of build-up, like his, his pass and his touch aren't the greatest. So just to sort of focus on running into the box and getting that final touch, that's yeah. all he needs. Like, he didn't need too much tactical uh, instructions there. Oh, another... Uh, we'll go back just to boys to the signing of the season. I don't necessarily think it was the worst, but... Thomas Partey is underwhelmed, doesn't he? Like, considering yeah. all the hype around him in Arsenal... But like, Arsenal made a song about him. It was an Arsenal fan TV. Oh, yeah, go on, yeah. sing it then. Absolutely man, I can't remember the lyrics, but... You know Jeremy Lynch? Yeah. He said he's in the music video, the guy's got a Champions League football he's... He's using a Champions League <laughs> football and they're in a Europa League. What the fuck is that? No, I mean, they did Europa well. League now. They did well to get anywhere close to being contention. You can even contention. get to the Conference League, man. Arsenal absolute meme, man. I, I thought they were going to be a bottom, uh, bottom half, half table. I, mean, I think there was a genuine chance bottom that half team, like, in the last few weeks uh, they could have fallen into the bottom half if Leeds had uh, been a bit... Well, I can't remember the exact standings, but they were definitely at risk. Uh, yeah. Not much to say else on, on Arsenal. Yeah, I mean... Potter, yeah, he's been... Underwhelming, but I think he's he's got the quality. Like I, I feel like if they get rid of Arteta, which they should, then he's still a class player to have in the squad. Yeah, we'll Why get rid of Arteta? He's doing class. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I still see a coach in Arteta. I just think the Arsenal job is just too big for him. At this stage, yeah, I mean that's it. I I I, I, I see something in him, but. The, the guy just does like stupid things. Like, why are you doing that? Also, I'm it? not gonna lie, right? Their squad is not much better than where they finished. I feel like Arsenal fans overhype their entire squad, man. Like one of the worst fan bases out there for overhyping their team. Yeah, but they got alongside the biggest Manchester United fan base overhyping their players. Alongside Manchester United for overhyping their players, Arsenal's up there, man. Like their squad is not that good. Bellerin is absolutely tragic, man. And they're right back. They talk I feel about bad him, for like, Bellerin though. He's obviously had a season, def- like a career-defining injury, hasn't he? Like yeah. there's a big drop off between I mean, his ACL. Yeah, you're right. But pre-post. even before that, he he didn't ever lived up to the hype that he was uh, thought with. I mean, their defense isn't that good, you know. And he's decent, he's like a B Tech Robertson. Yeah, <laughs> like I remember when Berylin, yeah, Hector scored his first goal. Yeah. I couldn't see his name there. It was against Liverpool, and it was a really crappy Liverpool where they had it was a it was a 14 15 season when Suarez left, and they had Markovic and Moreno and all these yeah. other players. You, you, you just dribble past like the, the team and just scored, and everyone thought he's the next coming to Eden Hazard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting how we tended to an Arsenal podcast right at the end there, but no. uh, do you want to do a match of the season? Match of the season. Yeah, we can go into match. Why United Liverpool at Old Trafford? Nah, Liverpool Hell losing no. seven two against nah. Aston Villa. 
I like the match of the that. season. That was match crazy. of the season. I found that entertaining. Though. Match of the season always has to be your team's matches, like because that's the games you enjoy the most. As much as you like watching games as neutral, well, that's why I said my United versus Liverpool yeah, at yeah, Old Trafford because both enough. teams are scoring goals. Well, it shows how crap Manchester United season has been. Then if you can't even name it, I like that one. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, was good. I feel like just a few weeks ago, our win against Leicester that was my favorite win. What a there you go. They both ended four two both those games. Yeah, so. No, that was fantastic for Newcastle. I mean, from Newcastle perspective, that was definitely match of the season. In terms of, if I was looking at it as a Premier League fan, the seven two is up there just because of how bizarre it was. Nah, for me the six, six one, one was better. Six one, yeah, that's fine too. Man, oh, six one, the six one was beautiful. I mean, that, there we go. That was just. Then you talk about Man City's loss to Leicester five two. I just like how Mourinho came into the league, left and still that's got a long six one. Was like three like penalties a, in that yeah, game? Yeah. Madison screamer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a good game. Uh, but it, I, th- I think we all agree it's the Manchester United versus Spurs game, yeah? Yeah, yeah 100%. Manchester I think that's United a lock. Slap 6-1 against Jose <laughs> Mourinho Spurs, yeah? 100%. All right, so that's um, a wrap on the 2021 Premier League season, and it's a wrap on our podcast for today's episode. Uh, next week, hopefully, we'll be looking at the Champions League final and seeing how that pans out. Should be a good game. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us, lads. It's been nice to have this on for you know first time in quite a while. Really enjoyed the discussions and always enjoyed laughing at those opinions. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank Bye. you. Take care. Thanks, guys.